with a lot of clients like over Zoom or, or have you started meeting with people like in person yet? It's predominantly still virtual. Uh, we did have uh, one in-person uh, engagement uh, a couple of weeks ago, which we were kind of grateful for. It was great to be back in the saddle. Of course, it was with a healthcare client. Uh, so there were, you know, a lot of the folks in the room were already vaccinated. We had already had our first vaccination. So we were, you know, everybody was practicing safe protocol. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was really good to be back in the room with folks because you, it was that connection that you get, you know, when you're standing up in front of them, you know, communicating. Yeah. It's, it's a different energy when you're with people in person, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We actually had, I mean, it was an adjustment going all virtual last year. Uh, first, fortunately, we did it early enough in the process to where we could acclimate ourselves to it. But it was like, it's just like, it's not the same thing as being there in the room, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I have um, conferences I'm planning coming up. And my big question is, how many of my interviews do I do? Do I go back to doing in-person at conferences? Because one thing that this all opened up is my feminine heart started before COVID. And so like I went to first event and I had to take all this time at first event to interview people that I normally would have spent like out photographing and and doing other things. So now it's really going to be that balance of, well, can I, can I do this with you on zoom or can we only do this in person? Cause like both are great for me. I love that. I mean, and we're live now that you two are in Atlanta and we are able to do this because pre COVID, before we figured out the whole Zoom to Facebook Live and the whole world was on Zoom with us, it would have been like, okay, well, I'm going to be in Atlanta in six months. So I'll, I guess I'll catch you then. Yeah, it has definitely removed the barriers, you know, and provided greater access for us to do this type of stuff. Well, I'm so excited. Thank you both for for taking the time tonight. Um, so we're at eight o'clock already. We, oh my goodness! If now, if and I had mentioned to you too, if you um, keep a look on our feed, we have tons of people with us already. We've got so many of our club members. Hello, Catherine Ann Voss. Hi, Bronwyn Drew. Stephanie Margaret Uber. Um, oh, it's so lovely to have you. Sabra Owen, welcome. I think this is our first time, my first time meeting you. Do you two know Sabra? No, we don't. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to Trans Tuesday. Susan Holtz, I know that's a name that you know. Um, <laughs> beautiful leader from CGS. She's a club member too. Great. Panto. Oh my goodness. Um, and Bronwyn wants you to know, Gabrielle, that she is enjoying your book. That's great. Tell her I got her message earlier and I'm, I'm really grateful to hear that feedback. Oh, that's awesome. Well, she's going to hear you right now. And we've got Janelle Crossley with us too. So Gabrielle Claiborne, um, our sister of the month and Janelle Crossley was just a couple of months ago. Yes. And, <laughs> and so thank you ladies so much. We've got Miranda Jones, another former sister of the month, all these wonderful people coming in. Uh, let's get officially started. So Sabra and anybody who's new to the show knows what we're doing tonight. Hello, everyone. It is Trans Tuesday, my favorite night of the week. Uh, I've been mentioning Gabrielle by name, but we are welcoming 
uh, co-founders of Transformation Journeys Worldwide. So we've got Gabrielle Claiborne, which if you are a club member or a follower, you may have watched or listened to her transition of authenticity uh, last week. And tonight she joins us live with her BFF in the whole wide world, um, which makes us all sound like we're 12, but I just love the dynamic of the two of you and your friendship. Linda Herser, who is this incredible advocate in her own right. Uh, ladies, welcome to you both. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Cass. We're so excited about being with you all again tonight. I'm I'm grateful to be back with you all, and I'm and I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to be joined by Linda. And I'm excited to be here with all of you this evening too. Thank you for having me. Thank and just so we set set the stage up front. Gabrielle Claiborne pronouns she, her, and hers. And my pronouns are also she, her, and hers. Linda Herzer. Thank you. And for anybody who isn't sure, and I feel like you two have it in your Zoom link. Oh, I love that you have the combined name Zoom link. Mine is there too. So if there ever is any confusion, you can look on my Zoom link, Cassandra Storm, she, her, hers. Um, so I, that is a perfect precedent for talking about what you two do. So these are the co-founders of Transformation Journeys Worldwide which is an inclusive training and consulting firm with a transgender focus. So they help a wide array of organizations from Fortune 500 companies to nonprofits and small businesses, medical and mental health care systems. Love that you make sure that mental's in there because that's so important in healthcare. Yes. You do religious and educational institutions, transforming their environments into fully trans-inclusive cultures. Um, so as I mentioned, Gabrielle, our sister of the month, she is the author of Embrace Your Truth, A Journey of Authenticity. Uh, Gabrielle is on the board of numerous national LGBTQ organizations. She's won awards for her outstanding service in the LGBTQ community. She's delivered a TEDx talk in Atlanta and has been featured in Forbes magazine. And if you are getting our emails, um, you will have links to everything in our emails, her book, her um, story that we did, her TEDx talk, everything is in there. So if you're not getting the emails, pop onto our website, myfeminineheart.com and be sure to sign up. Uh, so Linda Herser, who is joining us for, um, so those of you who are meeting her for the first time, she is a cisgender advocate for the trans community and author of the Bible and the transgender experience, how scripture supports gender variance. And we're gonna be talking about that tonight. Um, Linda is also an award winner for her work with transgender youth, adults, parents, and spouses. She has been invited to speak throughout North America on her groundbreaking book and insights into the transgender community, the Bible, and more. So ladies, again, so excited to have you join us this evening. Thank you. Uh, so this is the point where I invite our audience who has already been saying hello. If you have read either of these ladies' books, if you'd like to know more about what they do, throw your questions into the comments. We wanna make sure that we get your questions answered. Before we start our interview though, I would like to thank our sponsor of the month, True Voice Lessons. True Voice Lessons is a multi-state company offering in-person and online voice and music lessons. So all month long through the month of April, our audience is competing for a chance to win one of three private voice lessons. That's right. So um, at the be 
beginning of May, May 1st, we are going to count up the raffle tickets, the entries for everybody who competed to win. And guess what? You get a raffle entry for every time you like and subscribe to one of our social media pages. Um, but if you want me to know for sure, if you have liked and subscribed to our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and our YouTube channel, make sure that you email me. That's step two of the contest. I'm not getting emails from a lot of people and I wanna make sure that your vote is getting counted. Uh, so you wanna send an email to info at cassandrastorm.com and everything is listed on our website. If you go to myfeminineheart.com slash contest and you'll see it right at the top of the page, has all the information on this contest. And tomorrow night I am live at 7 p.m on Facebook right here with Anna Lantry from True Voices. So we're gonna be talking in more detail about this contest and she's gonna be throwing in an extra way to get you bonus raffle entries into this contest. So, so excited for this because I don't know about you ladies, but whenever I have um, entered raffles for anything, I don't usually win. So it was important for me to not just have one free voice lesson available, but three. So it's like, you really feel like you have a lot of chances there. So like I said, anybody, you know, go to our website, myfeminineheart.com and you can find out completely about this. This is a great way. If you saw Anna Lantry and her um, presentation last month, and you're like, this is somebody I would love to work with to work on my most authentic voice, but you're nervous or you're not ready to make that investment right now, this is your chance to win an opportunity like that for free. So, so excited to share that with our members. But we have these two incredible advocates with us this evening. Would love to jump right to you. I want to check in with our um, audience real quick and make sure that I'm not missing any questions off the bat. We have even more followers coming in for you. We have Tracy Ashley, who's joining us, Georgette Corneo. Um, Tracy Ashley, she is our token a college kid. She's so excited to be a part of our community. She just wants you both to know that you are looking beautiful tonight. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and we have members tuning in like Catherine and Voss from New Zealand. So wants you to know that you are being watched from around the world. Yeah. Holly Glenn, one of our members and Gabby Morgan, welcome from one Gabrielle to another, be gabulous. <laughs> Back at you. All right, so um, if anybody has any questions, please feel free to fire them away. But one of the things that I would love to know is how did the two of you become BFFs? How did this beautiful friendship that has created a business partnership, how did all of that begin? That's a great question, Cass. And, and just like anything else, it wasn't a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, you know, and I think maybe I shared a little bit about this uh, during our first interview, but, you know, my spiritual journey has always been so important to me. And when I came out uh, as trans uh, now 11 years ago, I just had my 11th year birthday, by the way. Congratulations and happy birthday. Thank you. A couple of days ago. So, you know, when I came out, I, I really struggled with the guilt and shame around uh, being transgender because I was raised to believe that uh, embracing this aspect of my truth was wrong and uh, wasn't received and uh, wasn't pleasing to God. So I, I took a season off from my relationship with God and started exploring kind of 
you know, who I was. And about a year into my journey, a friend of ours uh, introduced me to this uh, trans welcoming church here in the Atlanta area. And, you know, I, I, I'll never forget the first Sunday that I spent uh, a Sunday morning service fully aligned in my true gender identity. You know, it was like a life, it was a life moment for me. And so this was just the beginning of my spiritual journey with this new spiritual community. And I was very involved at this spiritual community. I was, uh, I joined the choir. Uh, I ended up starting a trans support group. I was elected to serve as an elder there. Uh, so I was very involved in that, in that spiritual community. And about a, would you say a year yeah. or so? about a year or so into spending time there uh, at that spiritual community. And this was predominantly an LGBTQ community, okay? Um, Linda, they actually, the, the pastor who I was good friends with actually was very intentional in making a connection with Linda and invited Linda to come on staff at this church. And so I thought it was a brilliant idea because it was all about expanding even that spiritual community's experience with diversity. You know, there wasn't a, a straight cisgender person in that spiritual community, let alone a leader, a straight uh, uh, cisgender leader in that community. So Linda came on staff and, you know, we we kind of hit it off from the very beginning. She had a little get together at her house wait when we say, were- wait, My wait, turn, my turn. She had to get together at her house. <laughs> and uh, that was just, the, that was the beginning of the opportunity for us to get to know the word. We actually were experiencing similar aspects in our life, uh, dynamics with family and, and that kind of thing. I'll let Linda speak to that a little bit. I get to talk. I get to yes, talk. I was going to say, yeah, I, I'm, I, we've heard about your journey into this church. And for anybody who listened to our interview from last week, you were the child of multi-generations of Pentecostal preachers. So I can only imagine in so many people that we've interviewed on the show, the loss of church, the loss of the church family, yes. the struggle for the connection to God, if they had a connection beforehand, Right. Um, it's very, it's very prevalent and very powerful in a lot of the interviews that we do. And I'm so happy whenever I hear somebody that experienced that loss that they were able to find that again. So I'm so happy for you, Gabrielle. You. Um, but so you're saying that this, this community, the congregation and the leadership in this church were mostly part of the LGBTQ rainbow. That is correct. And Linda, you just, what drew you to being a part of this community? Where, how did you know in your heart, this is where I belong? Well, I had had, um, throughout my adult life, I had several very close friends from seminary and from college who came out as gay or lesbian. And I was also attending a United Church of Christ, which is a very progressive Protestant denomination which is, and so, and, and it had a lot of um, gay and lesbian folks there at that congregation. So I had just, I had heard the stories of my friends and that all the challenges they experienced. And I, and then in 2007, I went, our, our congregation marched in the pride parade here in Atlanta. And I had, uh, that was my first time being at pride. 
And I was just, it was kind of one of my first times being sort of midtown Atlanta a whole lot. And I was just overwhelmed by the numbers of people there. It was just like, every time you turned a corner, it was like just another sea of people. And what really um, overwhelmed me was the look of longing that I saw on, on, the, on the, the people along the, the, the parade route. When they would realize that we were a church group, there was just this kind of like longing on the faces of people. And I was like, oh my gosh, this community is so open to the love of God. And yet there were, in 2007, there were only about two or three religious organizations represented in the Atlanta Pride Parade. It's That's totally changed now, fortunately. But um, back then it was like, oh my goodness. So that really started, I developed a real heart for the, for the LGBTQ, well, for the gay and lesbian community back then, because the truth is, when I got to that church in, um, it was in 2012, when I started on staff there, I really didn't know anything about transgender people or cross-dressers or people who identified as genderqueer. And we had all of those folks in our congregation. And it was like, oh my goodness, I better, I better learn about gender diversity and I better learn fast because I wanted to be a good pastor to all my parishioners. Wasn't something you no, no, no. I didn't. When back in the 80s when I was in seminary, I did not get there. But especially I was at Asbury Seminary, which is one of the more conservative Methodist seminaries. So no, I did not get that back then. You're right. Um, so I started reading and researching, but I also sat down with my gender diverse congregants and, and listened to their stories. And I, Gabrielle was one of those persons. I, I told her, you know, if you if you come over, you know, I'll make dinner if you will tell me your story. So she, <laughs> yeah. No, so, did everybody get dinner or was Gabrielle special? Well, Gabrielle was a little special because of all the things she'd shared about how that she had already become, I could see quickly that she had already become a leader in that congregation. And so I felt like it was okay to reach out to her and, um, you know, and kind of lean on her expertise a little bit. And so, um, so that's, that's what I did. And she helped me learn more about uh, transgender people. And then, you know, we just, because of all of the things that we were both uh, experiencing in our own lives, a lot of similarities. I had just separated from my husband. He had been separated, you know, from her spouse for about a year at that, or two or three years at that point. Years, yeah. So we were both navigating, you know, new relationships with our spouses to be ex-spouse, you know, to be to be ex-spouses and our adult children. So new space is there. My daughter had just gone off to college when my husband and I separated, you know, she was having this new dynamic with her children. Um, we were both broke, you know, <laughs> we were both financially challenged and we lived fairly close to each other. And so like if with, if there was some church event that was happening a ways away, we would carpool to, you know, to save gas, right? Save money. And um, we just, you know, she knew, she, she probably actually knew her Bible better than I did. I was, I was a little embarrassed to say, you know, she could quote scripture, you know, a little better than I could. Oh, like, that's, that's interesting because what people didn't see is before we went live, there was a little correction on Genesis. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> so, 
so but and so we just you know we both knew all those old gospel songs and uh so we just in many ways we had a lot in common and we were going through a lot of just a very new phase new beginnings in our lives and a lot of it was that a lot of it was dark yeah a lot of it was that that newness we just um of of where we were in our, our in our lives and i remember there were times when it seemed like we went back and forth every other day like one day she would be saying like oh my gosh have i made a mistake should i not be doing this and i'd be saying no you've got to you know you've got to live true to yourself and you you need to be doing this and then the next day i would be like oh my gosh you know my daughter's having challenges maybe i shouldn't have separated from my husband and gabrielle would be like linda you need to be true to yourself you know and that relationship was no longer life-giving and you need to acknowledge that and keep moving and so it was like we were kind of giving each other the same advice on opposite on different days we read a lot of books together yeah and she introduced me to a lot of authors that you know, I reference in my book you know it got to the point where we were spending so much time together we said look why don't you just move in and be my roommate <laughs> right and that's yeah. exactly what happened so you know the relationship just relationship just continued to grow as the, the more time we spent with each other Wait a minute. two people can live more cheaply than i mean you know two people can yeah. live more cheaply in the same place than different so you two, do you live together now? Oh yeah, we're roommates, yeah. <laughs> well, and I have to say, you know, so I came on, I was wearing a different outfit and I saw <laughs> that they had dressed as twinsies <laughs> and rent and got like the only animal print that I could find, um, which is so funny because it, like one of my club members is going to be watching this at some point I know, and I've been giving her a hard time about continually wearing leopard print nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> so she's going to like shake her finger at me. Um, you two have inspired uh, some people sharing some beautiful things about, you know, how they found their spiritual communities again. Um, Bronwyn's so happy for you. She's found her Unitarian Universalist Church. Um, Catherine Ann Voss, who's one of our members in New Zealand, she says she's in the Presbyterian Church and both them and the Anglican churches have accepted her. and and she was baptized in the Presbyterian with her new name before it even became legal. That's oh so my cool. goodness, that's fabulous. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh. Yeah, congrats. That's amazing. And Kimberly Morris, she wants to, um, you to know. Kimberly, hi. <laughs> this woman is one of the most amazing inspirations I've ever met. Tell her I love her. <laughs> oh, you're telling her right now. She's going to hear it with I like a a four second delay <laughs> issue and it can another one of our beautiful sisters of the month you can you know she has done some fabulous interviews on the show one of my favorites we we called it in bed with kimberly more because her um device went dead so she had to grab an ipad and, and jump into bed like plugged into a chart <laughs> so she could finish her Zoom interview <laughs> so you know you um, never know yeah we go yes. from in bed with Kimberly Morris to the beautiful cheetah print um, <laughs> roomy household. So this, so you live together, you work together, you're yeah. your own little book club. Yes. We so actually, actually, we started a, a we women's start, book we, club. Yeah, we started a women's book church. club. We co-facilitated a women's book club. And that yeah. was something that, you know, Linda was like pushing back against this. And I was, I was like all in wanting to learn. I was in this, I was a sponge, right? 
And I told Linda, I said, Linda, we need to start a women's support uh, or women's book club group because there's so much in these books that they need to know. <laughs> and finally, she says, you know, I think you're right. And we did it. And it, it turned out to be one of the most uh, amazing experiences for both of us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you two still lead your club? No, we don't. We we kind of let that go when we started our business. It just it just got to be too much. Yeah. We're we're at a different congregation now. Also, yeah. um, part of it is I'm I was uh, you know ordained Methodist and United Methodist, and they definitely have a policy of once you leave, once you've been in a, a leadership role in the church uh, as clergy, when you leave, you don't go back and do things there because if you do, then parishioners kind of don't necessarily um, move on and attach to the leadership, the the current leadership. So it's important to to kind of vacate that space so that parishioners will will connect with the clergy that is there and is there to serve them. So, do you two have me streaming in the background? I feel like I'm hearing a reverb a little bit. No. Oh, good. Okay. Well, um, I have to tell you too. You have inspired a book club with my feminine heart. So I emailed our club members today. Um, after interviewing Gabrielle, and I know we're going to talk about your book tonight. I, you know, I, I wrote my members on Facebook uh, yesterday, and I sent them an email today. I'm like, you know, we've had so many incredible authors on this show. Let's start a book club so we can have, we can pick an author and a book a quarter. We can have them on and we can do a little discussion group. Cause I'm like you, I'm a, I, I love to read. And when you find that book, that's like life-changing to you, you just want to buy it for everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, speaking of Linda, tell us about your book. What inspired you to write it? So, as I was there at the, the church, another thing you need to know about me is I'm a former librarian. I had a 10-year career as a librarian, um, along with being in the pastorate at various points in my life and stay-at-home mom for a while. And I've it's had not like you should be about 75 years old <laughs> with all these lives and careers that you've had. You would think, right? I'm um, actually the oldest among us. Yes, although people will often often ask me about my daughter. I'm like, wait a minute there. She's a year older than I am, actually. Yes. So <laughs> it's really pretty funny when that happens. She loves it, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, so why I wrote the book. There's actually two parts to that uh, answer. The first part is, as I mentioned, I'm a librarian. And when I was at the church and I would find that the question that I would get asked most often by my you gender diverse- attending Right, yeah. right. And as I found that as I was um, talking to my trans and gender diverse congregants, the question they most often asked me was, does God still love me? You know, what does the Bible say about this? What does God think about this? And it just, yeah, it just kind of, uh, you know, it kind of breaks your heart to think that they would even need to ask that question. But because I was a former librarian and because I do love books, my answer to everything, every question is, well, there's got to be a good book for that. And so, of course, I went looking for that good book and did not find any in print at that time. This was like in 2015 or so. Um, and yeah, 2012, 2013, 2014, there just wasn't anything in print. And so 
when I was, as I was getting ready to move out of that position, um, I, I came to the realization that based on all the things that I had learned from the spaces I had had the privilege, the, the trans conferences or the just, just various conferences and um, just people I had met that's in that support group. We had had a seminary student who they had done a lot of, of research, biblical research on what the Bible had to say. So I learned a lot from them. I learned a lot from Peterson Toscano who had done an amazing play called uh, Transgressing Trans, oh my gosh. I don't know, look up Peterson Toscano. I can't remember the name of exactly the name of the play. But um, anyways, from all the things I learned, I realized, oh my gosh, I could write that book that I want to be able to have available to give to people. And I also realized that I needed to write it. And that's where the second part of the answer comes in is because I was in seminary back in the 80s. And the question back then, especially in at Asbury at that conservative United Methodist Seminary, the question back then was, should we ordain women or not? And I did a lot of, of my own uh, personal research to try to, to come, yeah, and, and to come to an understanding and come to what I understood, because I did take the Bible very seriously and it, you know, it was the guide for my life. And so it's like, there were some passages in there that seemed like, no, women shouldn't be ordained. And so I had to, but I knew I'd been called. So I had to figure out how to reconcile out of that. And so that's why I was doing a lot of researching and also, you know, arguing inevitably or having discussions or intellectual conversations over, you know, lunch at the cafeteria, right? With all my male classmates, it was predominantly male classmates and, and all male professors um, about women's ordination. And there were times when it just got tiring. You know, you get you get tired when you're just always advocating for yourself or for what you want to be able to do and that sort of thing. Things that are, you know, others are allowed to do. In that case, the men were allowed to do. And I, I remember some of those times when I would feel most tired and most burdened thinking, you know, if only, if, if only one of the guys would put in, commit themselves to putting in the time and energy that I've put in learning about these things and you know take up do some advocacy work then it would they would be heard in a much different way than I would be they could give the exact same arguments and do the same biblical exegesis that I was doing but they would receive a different hearing because at the end of the day the guys could just say to me well of course you think that because you think God has called you to be or you're a woman whom you think has been called to be ordained but, and that's when I realized once, you know, that's when I realized, okay, now it was time for me to be one of the guys. It was time for me to stand up and advocate on behalf of a community that I was not a part of, but advocate on their behalf because what I would say in the book that I would write would be heard by some people who would not be able to hear it or would not give it uh, its, its due if it was written by a transgender person. The good, and so that's so that's why I wrote it. Um, and those are the two reasons why I wrote the book. And it was picked up by a major Christian publishing house, Pilgrim Press, and which is one of the oldest Christian publishing houses. It's the publishing house of the United Church of Christ. So I was very, I was thrilled that um, that they picked it up. And since then, there have been several other um, 
books written by transgender biblical scholars who, and the fascinating thing is we all are laying out the same arguments in our books. And so, but, and, but it, so it's great that all of our voices are now out there and in print and people can get, get access to, to this information. And in alignment with one another. Right, yeah. yeah. In fact, at one point I was reading this person's argument. Fortunately, mine was one of the first to come out because you know, like a year or two later, I was reading this other person's arguments like, that's what I wrote in my book. And then, but I flipped to the back and they had different sources. So it was fascinating. It's like truth is truth is truth. Then it's found in all different sources. So uh, it was pretty cool. That's, that's amazing. And I, I know a young, I wonder where that reverb is coming from. Um, I have a young woman in um, my life who, as I'm hearing you speak, I would love to send anything that you have to her as well, because she is a young woman um, raised in the Baptist church who's called to be a worship leader and the, you know, her calling versus the controversy that she is battling um, is exhausting. And it's hard. It is hard and exhausting, constantly having to advocate for yourself. That is, that is a beautiful argument. And that's kind of what my feminine heart is about. It's bringing together, not just trans women, but women who are cisgender or anyone who is part of or has love for this community so that it's not all on trans women advocating for trans women. Like we're all in here being your support system too. You know, we just went through Transgender Day of Disability cast and that was one of the things that came out this year is that, you know, Transgender Day of Visibility is not just a day for trans or gender non-conforming or non-binary folks to be visible. It's also a day for our allies to be visible. So, you know, you know we, we, while we will advocate for ourselves in order to move the needle to the, to the degree that, we, that will allow us to show up without fear of safety or violence, um, you know, we need our advocates and allies stepping up for us too. I just want to say one of the things that I was most excited about this Trans Day of Visibility is we had numerous corporations and companies reaching out to us saying, we want to do something for Transgender Day of Visibility. And this was like the first year where we actually, there was actually a noticeable number of people saying that. So it has finally gotten onto, and these were cisgender folks, like oftentimes heads of ERGs or chief diversity. Uh, employee resource groups in a company or chief diversity officers. And so we were really excited to see like, hey, more, more of the mainstream population is starting to become aware of Transgender Day of Visibility and wanting to do something to observe it. So that was just really exciting to see. Well, and you know, so speaking of you two have this company together, um, how did that get started? Another great question and, and another not straight line. <laughs> um, you know, early on in my transition, I shared a little bit of this when we talked earlier. Um, I was just, I was working vocationally, at, you know, with a cleaning company and a home renovation company just to survive. And I'd always been this pur pur purpose-driven person. And so um, it was during my early years of transition, I saw this life coach and this life coach really helped me 
get out of my head and into my heart and what it meant to show up authentically every day. And she, she helped me understand that the more I show up authentically, the more I step into my purpose. And so what happened was uh, the more Linda and I spent time together, we started recognizing that both of us share a, a passion in educating others around the transgender nonconforming and non-binary experience. So we kind of sat down, we actually put together a, our first workshop called Embrace Your Truth, which actually happens to be kind of the premise of the book that's now in print. Uh, because we both came from uh, a strong spiritual uh, heritage and background, that's the first place we showed up. And so we did this workshop uh, in, that, in that spiritual space. And when we were trying to, and I'm going to let Linda tell you a little bit about that, but when we were trying to come up with the name of our company, you know, we were wanted to be very intentional and strategic in making sure that we grew into our name and, and not something that we had to, you know, re, re, reinvent or maybe rebrand a couple of years down the road. So, you know, we kind of looked at, you know, kind of what does this journey, and here's the advantage of how we, how we came about this. You know, I come at it from a cis, uh, transgender perspective. Linda comes at it from a cisgender perspective. So we're bringing all those lenses to the conversation. So we helped, uh, we collaborated on, you know, all of those different lenses and came up with, well, we know that folks, we know that this, this is a journey, one, and we know that it is a journey of transformation. And we kind of saw our reach as a worldwide reach, ultimately. So that's how we came up with Transformation Journeys Worldwide. And that was six years ago. And, and six years into this, we're now starting to really live into the name of our company. And I'll let you tell a little bit about it. So um, the reality was we, um, you know, we had no idea exactly where it would go, but we, as Gabrielle said, we were intentional about wanting somehow to help educate people. So our first question was like, well, how, how could we kind of do that? What might people be willing to come and listen to? And because of us being in that spiritual space, we thought, well, okay, personal growth, spiritual growth workshop, something around embracing your truth. And we could just use Gabrielle's story um, to, to illustrate that. Cause you know, whenever you go to a workshop, you hear the theory, right? The idea, the lesson you need to implement in your own life, the thing you need to do, but then you'll hear a personal story behind that. I like the skin on the bones. Yeah, exactly. So we just wrote it with the lesson and then, you know, kind of the tip on how to embrace your truth, but then illustrated it with Gabrielle's story. And so that's how we started. But also at that time, Gabrielle had been invited to join the uh, executive board or the board of Pride Atlanta. And that was in, it was in 2015 when we, when we did our very first workshop, offered our very first one. And just so you know, seven people attended. Um, it was more like a talk. It wasn't even really a workshop then. It was more like a talk, a presentation. This was a feedback. We know that you will get better. Yeah. <laughs> Loved what you had to say, and we know that you'll, your, de your delivery will get better. So just know that it's, it's been a growing, you know, a growing experience. Um, so we started out there, but because she was on the, the, uh, the board of uh, Pride Atlanta, 
and it was 2015 and you'll remember that's when Caitlyn Jenner transitioned and it seemed like all of a sudden transgender people were in the news everywhere, right? Everybody became aware. And so companies, there's a lot of uh, Fortune 500 companies actually headquartered in Atlanta, started reaching out to Pride and saying, um, we'd like to have a transgender person on our, on our Pride panel. Um, and so Gabrielle started getting, and they of course would recommend Gabrielle because they knew she was doing the speaking. And so that's, that was our entrance into um, the corporate space. It's just, it's just growing from there, you know, as you heard in the introductions, it's not just the corporate space that we're showing up in, it's in multiple markets. So we're very grateful for that opportunity. No, I, I love that. So you can work with somebody who's smaller, you can work with somebody who's bigger, um, you know, a religious entity, a corporate entity, a, a medical entity. It's just, um, I love that you can fit in all these different areas to help people, but I really appreciate you sharing, you know, your story. One of the things I always ask people to do when they, when they come on for an interview, especially um, if somebody has transitioned, you know, long ago and they just make it seem so easy and breezy. Um, I always try to ask people like, remember back when, when it was hard, you know, <laughs> those first, those first days when I was a photographer and I was a student, um, you know, we would always have these uh, working photographers come and speak to our school. And we right. would always ask them as students, like, how did you do it? How did you become a pro? Because in our minds, we couldn't get past the, I'm a student to bridge over to pay me to take pictures. Right. And nobody ever had a good answer. You know, everybody would come in and they'd be like, oh, you know, I, I found my grandfather's Hasselblad. And then like six months later, Sports Illustrated called and, you know, I've been working there ever, ever since. So, you know, one of the things I really loved about Gabrielle's book is it wasn't just a book about, you know, your transition. It really was a, it's a self-help designed workbook to help anybody you know, find their truth. And, you know, we've got Gabby Morgan on here, who was like from one Gabby to another, you know, somebody who, you know, she shared in a recent panel discussion we had that when she struggled coming out and now her whole career is helping other people in the transgender community. So I, I feel like, you know, so many of our members are, are in different phases and stages of, of their life, but I don't know if there's anybody walking this earth who doesn't wonder why am I here? You know, what is, what is my purpose? And so, you know, the two of you talking about, you know, your connection to God and the universe and your connection to yourself and your heart and what is, what is your purpose here to be able to say, we're transformation journeys worldwide. You sound like the biggest powerhouse on the planet. And I know you have an and I'll let you roll call some of the Fortune 500 companies so people have an idea of, of truly the scale, even if you work with somebody small, the scale that you work with. But to be able to go back and say, you know, our one of our first presentations had seven people and they weren't impressed. <laughs> I love those stories because it gives somebody else hope. It helps because I have to tell you, I hope that you take time to go back and um, read some of these comments because we have some that don't totally fit the framework of we're speaking, but they're, they're curious, you know, one of somebody in here, one of um, our followers is saying, you know, I've, I've had 35 articles and poems published in small newsletters about my transition, but you know, how do I write a book? We have, um, you know, members on here who are just, somebody wants to find that play that you had mentioned, Linda, if you can help them find <laughs> their Googling. It's referenced in her book, by the way. Okay. Okay. So Holly, 
read read Linda Herser's book, and then you will find the play that she had referenced. We'll find um, it quick here. Yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna respond to something you said about how you find your purpose. And this is in my, this is in my book. This is the last chapter in my book. And, and that chapter is finding your purpose. And, you know, Linda, again, going back to those uh, early years of the book club, the women's book club, right? We did a book uh, by Edwin Gaines, The Four Laws, The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. And one of uh, her chapters is uh, start, what is it? Start anywhere, but have fun doing it, right? Yeah. It was something like yeah. that. And so Edwin was this person that said, you know, we cannot sit back and wait on something to happen. We have to show up and showing up authentically positions yourself for opportunity that would not otherwise come your way. For example, if I had not shown up authentically with Atlanta Pride, I would not have had that speaking opportunity with a Home Depot or a UPS or a market source. These are that's how these types of opportunities show up, right? It's intentionally being visible, putting yourself in a position to, to, to be, to be uh, kind of tapped into uh, from a resource perspective. So how you find your purpose is to live authentically and to show up and to be visible. That is the best advice that I could give somebody. So. I appreciate that question because that is that was one of the biggest questions. That that was the question why I wanted to see that life coach for a year in the middle of my transition. And to the other question that was asked, what was the name of that play by Peterson? It, Toscano. The, Peterson's Toscano. Last name is T O S C A N O. The name of the play is Transfigurations. Transfigurations. And the subtitle is Transgressing Gender in the Bible. And Peterson, I could send this to you, um, Cass, and you could put it, you could get it out there some way to your audience. And um, I believe that we, that were, Peterson we were in Chicago at a conference yeah. and we saw this and our eyes were just yeah. like, oh, it was amazing. Oh my goodness. And I'm pretty sure that Peterson has put this on a, on a DVD now. So if you've still got something that can play a DVD, now, uh, or I mean, he I'm makes sure. it available as a download or yeah. something now. So you don't have to wait till he comes to YouTube. your, yeah, you, you don't have to wait until he comes to your town. Uh, you can you can get a hold of it. It's really, it's really eye-opening. That's, thank you so much for taking the time to, um, to answer that too. That is, that is just tremendous. I have to say we have, um, we have another one of um, our sisters who shared her uh, transition journey too, who is saying hello, Ashley T. Brundage. And she is, she is excited to see Gabrielle next week. I am so excited to see you, Ashley. <laughs> now, are you going to Florida or is Ashley coming to Atlanta? She's coming to, she's coming to Atlanta. I get to attend her book signing here, which I'm very excited about. That is so wonderful. And we have, um, you know, so our club members, when I posted whose books do we want to read, Ashley D. Brunjages, um, Empowering Differences was one of the first books we featured, the second book we featured on the show and so excited for her. Yeah. Um, so glad to hear that she gets to have a, so a book signing in person. 
Yes, I, and, and I, I have yet to have one for mine, so I'm going to be learning from her next week. <laughs> That's right, because yours came out, was it just in the fall? It was yeah. September, yes. Yeah, so it came out in COVID, as did Ashley. So now is like the chance that we're going to be seeing these pop out. This is amazing. Exactly. Um, now, and Linda, I did miss asking about your book. Who Who is your market? Who would benefit from reading your book? Um, basically, it really is focused on what the Bible has to say about gender diversity. And so anybody who is interested in that topic. So people who've been reading it are gender diverse individuals, trans, gender non-conforming, non-binary folks. Also the parents of trans children, the children of trans parents um, and you know, family members, loved ones, spouses, all of these clergy members. Yeah, clergy members, counselors have read it too because oftentimes their, um, their clients are, are struggling with these spiritual challenges. And so those are people, and if you go on Amazon, you'll see the reviews, you'll see the sorts of folks who have been reading it and finding it beneficial. And of course, you'll find a few trolls there too, who I, my favorite review was the one who said, I haven't read this book yet, but this is why it's wrong. So it's like, you know, you know, you've really made it when the trolls start coming after you. you know? exactly. Oh, that. <laughs> so speaking of um, now that we are talking about what we are going into in this post COVID or, you know, re, re going back into the world, what does TJWW look like for you now? You were saying in the beginning of the show that you're starting, you just started to meet with somebody in person. Well, I can tell you, uh, Cass, when we first started the TJWW, um, like we said, we started in the spiritual space, but a year into our iteration, we got into the corporate space. And because we were just beginning, I have to tell you, even in starting our company, uh, we were being very intentional in showing up, even though we really didn't know how to show up. But we, we showed up, we educated ourselves, we started putting ourselves in very strategic places and in what we call our ideal client marketplace, if we will, if you will, like diversity, equity, inclusion consultants, HR consultants, there were organizations that these individuals spent time in. And so we started putting ourselves strategically in front of these folks by joining those organizations. And when we started, you know, we had the, the Trans 101 training, which was kind of like the foundational training um, and uh, what we recognize over the years that we've been in business that, you know, this is not a 60 minute conversation. This is a journey, just like our name. And so we have over the years developed a robust curriculum to meet our clients where they are, because we have found that that's very helpful because all of our clients are at different places along this journey. And so now we're so that Trans 101 training is more of a personal cultural competency track. Now we're uh, helping organizations understand from an organizational perspective what they have to do to create this inclusive culture so that we can show up authentically in the workplace. And there's a lot of different stakeholders involved. There's HR, there's DEI, there's talent acquisition, there's communications, there's marketing. There's facilities, yeah. learning uh, and development, learning and development, training, of course. So right. we we have we have created 
very strategic trainings for these individual stakeholders so that they can understand what role they play uh, in creating this inclusive culture. So that's kind of where we are today. Now, moving forward, Linda, would you yeah. like to go there? Um, so we're starting to also expand a bit. While personally, um, I'll let Gabrielle tell you about the, the spaces she's expanding into, but personally, while I love, I'm a teacher at heart, so I love, I love teaching, but I also, um, and I love, you know, the, the work that we do with the training and the presenting and the consulting, but I miss that one-on-one -on -one work. I guess it's my pastor's heart that, that misses that one-on-one -on -one conversation and, and supporting individuals. And so I'm branching out into more coaching for uh, transgender non-conforming and non-binary individuals, no matter where they are on their journey, if they're just starting, just exploring their gender identity, or if maybe they have been transitioned for a while socially, but now are wanting to transition in the workplace, providing support for that, or maybe they're wanting now to explore their femininity more and so can offer support around that. And of course, for people who are trying to reconcile their gender identity with their, um, with their spiritual, with their faith walk, I, I really love supporting people through that process. And along with supporting gender diverse individuals, I'm also offering coaching for the spouses of gender diverse folks and also the spouses of cross-dressers because they, they ex what, what each of those groups of spouses experiences is kind of different. Um, and also for the parents of who have trans and gender non-conforming children. But also the children who have transitioning parents. Yes, yeah. So basically I'm starting to move again more into that one-on-one uh, -on -one space and we'll continue to do the training and curriculum development and, and all that sort of thing. But I'm looking forward to getting more in that one-on-one uh, -on -one space. And I can personally vouch for Linda's services because she has walked just about every step of the mile of the miles that I have traveled over the last nine, 10 years in my own journey. And she's been right there with me and she has been a strong advocate. And I can tell you if anybody is looking for some support, uh, Linda is absolutely that person to reach out to. Uh, in addition to what she's doing, I'm actually offering some one-on-one -on -one coaching myself for individuals who are somewhere in the midst of their transition. I was just on a call today with a potential uh, client who is at the very beginning of their transition, you know, just contemplating and grappling with all that we have to navigate on the front end. Uh, and just, you know, sensing that, <laughs> sensing that sense of overwhelm, feeling overwhelmed. Uh, so I'm really leaning more into that space. Um, I'm also, because of my TEDx opportunity that I had a couple of years ago, I'm stepping more into the keynote space, uh, doing a lot of keynotes in organizations, not only as it, re as it relates to LGBTQ topics, but also around gender equity. You know, when we think about gender equity in its traditional sense, we're talking about cisgender equity, women's equity. And a lot of times that is based on, you know, racial or ethnicity uh, intersections. But I am very intentional in expanding the conversation around gender equity to include all women, including trans-identified women, uh, inter even intersex women, just to make sure that they, those folks have a voice at the table. And who knows what comes after that, but that's, that's currently 
where we're headed. That's so interesting. As that testament for your services, you know, um, Gabrielle, you shared that um, Linda was one of uh, like, I don't want to say birth mother. What was the phrase that, that Mid we used? Midwife. 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 You know, so Linda, would you say, was Gabrielle like your first unofficial coaching client? As you know, you I helped. Was, I was her second teenager. <laughs> she still is. <laughs> Even though she's a year older. Even though she's a year older. You know, it was funny. And I'm sure that, uh, can I tell the story? Of course. So I'm sure I'll let trans folks on this, but Gabrielle, when I first met her, she lived in a very small little apartment. And, um, you know, and, and like, sometimes I would notice that like on her, on her dresser, on her mirror, that she had all these little like, like play, like stubs from like a movie or from, from a play or the, the bill, the handbill from a play she had been to or Mardi Gras beads. You had a bunch of Mardi Gras beads hanging off from something. And I, I remember asking her about these things one time and she's like, well, that was my first, you know, that was Gabrielle's first Mardi Gras party that I went to. And that was the first play that Gabrielle went to. And that was the, and after I heard these stories, like at one point it finally kicked into me. It's like, oh my God, that is what I did when I was in junior high. You know, like that was, I mean, I grew up in rural Vermont, like really rural. So I remember the first play I went to. Okay. Right. It wasn't just something I did. Heck. I worked at the first Pizza Hut that opened in the area. Okay, that's, that's how rural it was. All right, so <laughs> so and how old I am. Um, so, but anyways, I just realized, like, oh my gosh, she is going through her adolescence, and it was like amazing to be friends with this fifty-year-old, you know, woman who was in her fifties at that point, who was literally going through adolescence, and so it was. It was something, it was, it was amazing to realize that. And so, yeah, I have, and see, and see. she has been my second teenager. Fortunately, she listened a lot better than the first one. You see, that is exactly what Linda brings to the conversation, that right there. You know, you can't script that. <laughs> oh, I love that. Now, please tell me, you know, so I'm a photographer, so everything is about treasuring the moments that you found a way to shadow box all those first things together or honor them that they're not just still strung up around the room. It is, it, you, it is the, it's the, the, the lifetime of my Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is my outlet. You know, I am very vulnerable and visible and vocal in Facebook. And I do that intentionally. It's, 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 uh, it's therapeutic for me. And I'm hoping to be inspi inspiring to others who are needing some inspiration. So, you know, that's kind of, that is my, uh, the altar that I've built around those events, if you will. I love it. And so speaking of, you two are on like every space of social media out there. Yep. Um, so if somebody wants to get in touch with you anywhere from Facebook to LinkedIn to Twitter, or they want to, you know, um, connect with TJWW, your, your company, or book you for a speaking engagement or work with you coaching one-on-one, -on -one, would you mind rattling off the best way to get in touch with you or to find all those pieces of contact information? Yeah, I will tell you that the the three places to find us that are going to get a, an immediate response is our website at transformationjourneysww.com there. Uh, you can get us on LinkedIn. 
and you can get us on Facebook. I mean, we also have spaces on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I mean, I will respond to all of them, but that, those three are the most uh, quicker response uh, that you're going to get from us. I have to confess, Gabrielle is much better and with the social media than I am. So if you want to reach out to me, our, um, our website, transformationjourneysww.com is, is best if you're wanting to get me. Right. Hey, Cass, we had one question I wanted to respond to. Yes. Do I have a minute? Yeah, absolutely. If someone asked, you know, uh, how many people work for us, okay? And so the response to that is we currently, is, is the two of us naturally, and we last year added an associate to our team, excuse me. And this associate, because of all of the conversations around racial injustice that has been happening in our world as a result of all the systemic uh, discrimination, uh, we've actually reached out to a, we reached out to a millennial biracial black trans woman uh, who is actually a, an HR professional yeah. with a company. So she brings a multitude of intersectional lived experiences to these conversations. And I can tell you uh, just this year, it, it really, we started seeing it last year, but this year, really, a lot of our clients are asking for those specific voices and experiences to be present in our work. So she has been a huge asset to us. She, you can find her information on our website and our about page. Uh, but yet we've we've started expanding, you know, our team, and we're very grateful for the benefits and also the the, the help that we're able to help our clients in that space. I have a feeling that when I saw that question come through, that you've got some some ladies here who are going to be very interested in working for you as you continue growing in your global domination. I think you've inspired a lot of people to follow their truth by following your truth and out changing the world. I mean, you, you, you two are really an inspiration. I'm getting so many beautiful comments, um, you know, in response to everything that you're sharing. Um, you know, our, our, our youngin, I love Tracy Ashley. She just is like, your friendship is so sweet and genuine. It reminds me of my friendship with like the one friend that I'm out to. Yes. And you know, and I, I love that. I love how long you two have been together and this, you know, journey that you have. And in Linda's case, you know, four different lifetimes that she has lived. Yeah. yeah. You know, with, and you have too. You, I mean, you, you both have, you have, I feel like you have covered the world. You've gone there and you've come back and yeah. like really centered yourselves there in Atlanta. And I'm so excited for everything that you two are doing. Thank you. We're so grateful for the opportunity to be visible in this space here tonight. I have so many announcements for our, our club members and our audience, but before I get to that, did you have any last questions that or comments that you're thinking that, you know, we forgot to mention this tonight. I want to make sure before we go that, that we get to have this out there. Yeah, I just want to make sure everyone knows that uh, you can get both of our books on Amazon. Uh, they're in print and Kindle format. But I also want to make it available, and I learned this from Ashley, if you want to reach out to us at our website, and we can make sure that you get an autograph copy of our books, 
um, will actually give you a special discount if you want to get both books. Uh, so reach out to us at info at transformationjourneysww.com and we will make provisions to get that to you. That is lovely. And actually what Ashley has done for us is she has some sent codes our way that I've emailed out to our members. So if you have a special code you would like to do from My Feminine Heart that I can send in our next email for buying like a little discount code for your books, I'll be happy to send that my way. Okay. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I'm, you know. How to do that because we haven't yeah, quite figured that out yet, so. Yeah. Yeah, actually, we're going to be buzzing you. She's got this whole thing down. She because she has, you know, like the the digital course, too. So she's exactly. she is covering every aspect of the industry as well. And it's been an honor to. And that's what you know, it's funny when I when I got to meet you both. It's amazing all the friends we have in common and that we have not met until now. And that truly is just the universe at work, bringing people together at the right time for the right reason. You know, we, as Ashley and I, if I have a moment, Ashley and I have a very unique connection because Ashley was very instrumental in developing what we call the Trans Inclusion Task Force with the National LGBTQ Chamber of Commerce. And because of her uh, context and influence, she was able to position herself and pioneer actually uh, this initiative starting three years, two or three years ago and she was the co-chair of this uh, initiative along with Sabrina Kent, who is uh, the vice president at the NGLCC. And she is stepping down and now I'm stepping in her place. So I'm actually following in her footsteps. So I'm so grateful for that opportunity. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, the two of you, I feel like you have covered every corner of um, your region for any LGBTQ support group or board or, or area of inclusion that if you, know, if you need to touch on that resource, you're there helping along the way. Thank you so much for all the work that you were doing out in the community. Thank you. And for um, all of our members, I have so much to fill you in on. So next week we will not be live here on the Trans Tuesday Facebook page. Instead, our club members are gonna be enjoying a private open mic night on Zoom. So all my club members, you got an email um, tonight, check your junk and spam folder if you don't see it. And it has a Google doc that you can go in and sign up. You can enjoy um, performing. We've got people doing poetry, original music, even stand up. Uh, for our open mic night. And then when we're done with the open mic, whatever time we have left over will be an open social, but that'll just be private Zoom to our members. Um, and if you're not a club member, but you wish to join us for events like this, you will get to be able to do this soon because we are reopening our membership May 1st. So we open our membership about once a season uh, for a week at a time to bring in our new batch of sisters. And then we start having socials and helping them explore the space on and off camera, um, you know, and, and getting to know everything about My Feminine Heart. So we are ready to bring in our next group. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. In the meantime, we will be back for Trans Tuesday, the last Tuesday in April. And this one is really cool. So we have Vien Chung Brown. She is the owner um, and co-founder of Vien Milano Stockings. 
And we actually, we will have a chance to win her stockings too. So make sure that you are following us all on social media. Her stockings are very high quality, um, you know, made stockings in Italy. She has designed them specially uh, to kind of cover a corner of the market that hasn't been hit here in the US before. So we're really excited to have this um, hosiery expert coming on. So that's the last Tuesday and that will be Trans Tuesday Live on our public Facebook page open for everybody. Our club members will be able to join in a Zoom uh, so that they can uh, ask questions, you know, as we're going through the presentation. So it's going to be really exciting. And just a reminder that tomorrow night, I will be back here live Wednesday night, 7 p.m. with Anna Laundry because we have a special bonus way that we are adding in for you to get extra raffle entries for your chance to win one of three free voice lessons with True Voice Lessons. So we are so excited about that. Um, like I said, you can always find all this information on our website, myfeminineheart.com. If you ever feel you've missed anything, send me an e email, info at cassandrastorm.com, and we will get you signed up for our newsletter because that's where we send everything out. Um, last but not least, one more big shout out and thank you so much again, Linda Herser, Gabrielle Claiborne from Transformation Journeys Worldwide, um, from, you know, my feminine heart to, to yours. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. We just, we just love you. And I have to say, I hope that you would like to come back sometime, you know, maybe in the fall and, you know, a few months from now, because when I hear you talk about, um, the work that you're doing with people one-on-one, -on -one, the, the group weekend retreats that you have done. I think that would be a phenomenal experience to have like a private Zoom workshop for our club members. So I hope that you would consider coming back, you know, in a few months and, and touching on us again with the light and love and spirit that you have. That'd be wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, good night, everybody. We love you all club members. I will see you next week for open mic night. Everybody else, we will see the last um, Tuesday in April with Bian Chung Brown. Thank you all. Love to everybody. Good night. And, uh, you know, sweet dreams, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Never miss a single podcast by signing up for our newsletter at myfeminineheart.com.